Hey, 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 what's up, what's up? Welcome back to another Underground Podcast. So today, I'm just going to be giving you the latest and the greatest updates on the COVID-19 vaccine rollout, as well as other updates, what's happening in politics, what's happening in the media, what's happening on social media. So a huge story that is really just so ridiculous to me is... um. This story right here. So this story has created so much controversy. So if you guys do not know, what happened was um, this woman, I believe the owner of the shop, it's a hat store. And they have badges that said, you know, I'm not vaccinated with the, the Star of David. And it wasn't the Star of David. It was just, you know, the, the two triangle stars put together to form one star. Now, the Jewish people love to claim ownership of that. And, um, you know, they're getting very offended. And, you know, people are now protesting outside this store. Um, I believe Stetson, which is one of the, the people that actually supplies the store with certain products, has removed their hats from the store. And again, once again, nobody's more sensitive than people that claim to be Christians or Jews or whatever, because I was not offended by it. I felt like actually that symbol doesn't belong to the Jewish people. And even if it did, the point being made is that, listen, we're not about to be your lab rats. This is not Nazi Germany. And we're not vaccinated. And it's really, it's really that simple. It's really that simple. But of course, you know, anytime something Jewish is mentioned, anytime something allegedly Jewish is mentioned, then here we go. So, yeah, you know, it just, it is what it is. Um, I'm not feeding into that propaganda today. Um, but we also need to talk about a couple other things that, that came out today. So in Chicago, they are holding beach pop-up vaccination clinics on Memorial Day. <laughs> yes, people, it, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. I like, I, every day I wake up and I cover this on my podcast, I really just be like, this is amazing. And the, like, the, the desperation, as they say, desperate times call for desperate measures, right? So we're gonna play a quick news clip and then I'm gonna come back with the rest of my commentary, okay? So um, let's check this out. Yeah, Tanya, hey, get vaccinated at the beach today. That's what the city is hoping for. A pop-up site will be open here at 31st Street Beach starting later on this afternoon. This is Chicago shifts its COVID-19 vaccine strategy to bring pop-up vaccination sites into the community where people are out and about and having fun this holiday weekend, placing some of the pop-ups in areas where populations have been hesitant to get the shot. So the goal is to make it as quick and convenient as possible. At the Logan Square Farmers Market, shots were being administered in this vaccination bus. The goal here is to get onto the underserved people uh, in the community and encourage them. Over the weekend, some received their Johnson & Johnson dose at this pop-up site in Washington Park. Just over half of Chicago residents have received at least one dose, but the goal is 70% by July 4th. 
the city moving away from mass vaccination sites, closing Gallagher Way next to Ridley Field and the walk-in section of the United Center in favor of more targeted localized outreach. Now, the city is planning a few pop-up vaccination sites. One we're talking about here at 31st Street Beach, but then there's another one today at North Avenue Beach. All right, so you guys just saw that clip. And like I said, right, desperate times call for desperate measures. If the vaccine was in high demand, if people were tripping over themselves to go get it, they would not be shutting down mass vaccination sites and going to the beach on a national holiday. This is just shows you how desperate they are, but that's okay. Let them be as desperate as they want to be. We're not getting vaccinated over here. And yeah, that's what we're going to do. So here's another article right here um, that, that says states deploy carers to drive up coronavirus vaccination rates. All right. So, you know, I guess the metaphor for carrots is, you know, money, hotels, cruise trips, scholarships, savings account bonuses, all kinds of shit they're doing in Delaware, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Oregon, West Virginia. So everywhere, everywhere we go. They are so desperate to give people this motherfucking vaccine. Now, this is some positive news. So the United Kingdom had a strategy to create a vaccine passport, and it appears that those plans have now been scrapped. So let's read this article from Reuters and The Telegraph. It says, Britain plans to drop COVID-19 passports as a legal requirement for large events. The Daily Telegraph reported on Sunday, the UK officials working on the review into COVID-19 status certificates believe there is no chance the law will be changed to mandate their use within the UK. A government spokesperson said in an email statement to Reuters that the COVID-19 vaccine certification review is still in process and no decision has yet been made. So that's good news, at least for now, right? Because we know they wanted to roll, roll that out immediately you know they were already talking about vaccine passports i believe in, in the european union but i believe the uk is not a part of the european union so we will see what happens um but you know i would just be thrilled to know that you know we bought ourselves some more time and already in the united states we have several states that have passed legislation to ban it so sorry bill gates your plan is not working Okay, because the people are not going for the bullshit. All right. Um, so something else interesting um, that came out was like COVID-32 or COVID-26. Let me see if I can find that. All right. So here's an article from Business Standard. And it's titled, Trace the Origin of COVID-19 or Face COVID-26 or COVID-32. So I'm paying very, very close attention to this because they're saying, look, if we don't find the origin of this virus, there's going to be another COVID in the year 2026, which is only five years from now. Then there's going to be another COVID in 2032. So if that comes to pass, I'm going to definitely remember this particular article. So it says here, the world needs the cooperation of the Chinese government to trace the origins of COVID-19 
and prevent future pandemic threats to leading U.S. disease experts said Sunday. Information to support the theory that SARS-CoV-2 virus may have escaped from a lab in Wuhan, China has increased, says Scott Gotiesh, a commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration and the Trump administration who now sits on the board of Pfizer. Hmm. now sits on the board of Pfizer. China hasn't provided evidence to disprove that theory while the search for the signs that the virus emerged from wildlife hasn't yielded results, though the upset on CBS's news faced the nation. Not knowing how the pandemic started puts the world at risk of future outbreaks. There's going to be a COVID-26 and a COVID-32 unless we fully understand the origins of COVID-19. All right. So they're warning you right now what's going to go down. We already know what's going to happen in a few years. So I will not be surprised if there's a new surprise virus coming out soon. So um, in Pennsylvania, they have lifted all COVID-19 orders except for masking. So that means like capacity restrictions on bars, restaurants, and indoor gatherings have been lifted, but they didn't lift the masks. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, what else do we have here? So the Philippines has now extended the COVID-19 restrictions in the capital, and they have banned travel from several countries as well, which doesn't surprise me at all. Um, so in Australia, Australia and many places in Australia are on lockdown, and they only have 51 cases. You know what I'm saying? Literally, they reported 11 cases yesterday and they're locking down the entire country over 11 cases. And this just shows you that these governments, it's not about the virus. It's about creating a totalitarian regime. It's about being able to take away people's freedoms overnight. It's about keeping people in a state of fear all day long. And that's what they want. They want people to be in fear. They want people to fear for their lives and they want people to always be afraid of what's to come. And we did not cover this on a previous podcast, but I definitely wanted to uh, talk about this. So this is an article from CNN that says, um, the Vietnam detects a suspected new coronavirus variant that's a hybrid of the UK and India and India strands. So it says here, Vietnam's health ministry has detected a suspected new coronavirus variant, which it says appears to be a hybrid of two highly transmissible strains. A new coronavirus variant with characteristics from the existing Indian and UK variants has been detected in Vietnam for the first time. The Southeast Asian country was held up as a leading example in containing the virus thanks to an aggressive strategy of early screening of passengers at airports and a strict quarantine and monitoring program. But since late April, Vietnam has reported a sharp increase in COVID-19 cases. 
almost half of the 6,396 confirmed infections were reported in the past month alone. All right. So um, the World Health Organization said on Saturday, its virus evolution working group was working with officials in Vietnam to confirm the possible new coronavirus variant after four people were confirmed to be infected with a suspected new strain. We have not yet made an assessment on the virus variant reported in Vietnam. From what we understand, it has an additional mutation. All right, so we are definitely gonna be looking into this Vietnam variant, of course, more. And then they always end the article with more vaccination propaganda. And that's fine. Um, now, we also wanna to touch on two more things and then I'll wrap this up. I won't keep you all day. Um, so in Argentina, they're saying that there's a crisis in Argentina right now that we need to be worried about apparently. So let's see what's going on in Argentina and I'm gonna come back with the rest of my commentary. is knowing why for all it's worth there's no time to waste the patient's lungs are about to collapse and he needs to undergo surgery immediately after the life-saving procedure Gracias, David. a heartfelt hug to say thanks one more life has been saved in the intensive care unit at the Hospital Universitario Austral in Buenos Aires. It's been an intense morning already, but we must be ready for anything, this ICU doctor says. While the Northern Hemisphere is gaining ground in the fight against COVID-19, this week Argentina had consecutive days of record-breaking numbers of cases. Argentina, together with other South American countries like Brazil, Paraguay, Peru, and Uruguay is among the countries with the highest COVID-19 deaths per capita in the world. Few understand the current health crisis better than this team of doctors and nurses who fight this battle one patient at a time. Every patient is somebody's child, somebody's parent, Dr. Pablo Prandesi says with tears in his eyes. I feel their pain. The day goes on with moments of life or death challenges interspersed with small victories. Bien, bien, el equipo enfermería, like celebrating bien. that a patient's skin is not irritated even though he's been unable to move on his own for 48 hours, which uh -huh. gives a lot of credit to the nursing staff. And then there's the joy of saving a life, seeing patients walk out of the hospital on their own. Yeah. Matias Lorashi, who credits the ICU staff with saving his life, wrote a letter to express his gratitude, calling the team his guardian angels who risked their lives and those of their families to do their job. Today, part of the team is seeing their patient for the first time since he left the ICU, but on a video message. He calls them heroes and asks them not to give up because the country depends on them, a message the staff hears with tears in their eyes. The day we lose the ability to cry for a patient will be the day we will stop being doctors and nurses, Dr. Prantesi said. Another 12-hour shift is coming to a close. It's time for the next team to get to the front lines of Argentina's greatest challenge in a generation. Rafael Romo, CNN.
All right, so you guys just saw that apparently Argentina is in a a crisis. Wealth is your first big investment. What in a crisis as well. Now, remember when we talked about um, Cuba? We talked about Latin America a lot on this podcast because Latin America is really a subset of, you know, the greater America, right? And and they get away with a lot of things in Latin America because they don't get a lot of coverage. So in Cuba, they're rolling out these vaccines that have not been tested. They completely skipped all trials and said, look, we're going to start vaccinating people with our own stuff. So check this out and I'll come back with the rest of my commentary. Cuban officials hope that they are finally turning the tide of the pandemic by administering Cuba's homegrown vaccines to millions of people in the coming months. That this small cash-strapped island has developed five vaccine candidates, two that are in the final stages of testing, is a point of pride among some of the 80 people who received their first dose the day we visited this clinic in a working-class neighborhood on the outskirts of Havana. I have confidence in the vaccine, in the scientists, she says, in the revolution, in everything. Nationalist sentiment aside, Cuba is facing its darkest days of the pandemic. Early on, the leaders of the communist-run island decided to produce their own vaccines, rather than buy and import them from other countries. Tight controls seem to keep the pandemic at bay until late in 2020, when the island reopened to international travel. That increase in visitors combined with the new variants fueled the highest surge in cases that the island has seen to date. What health officials are now administering isn't a fully tested vaccine, but a vaccine candidate that they believe will be effective. Cuban health officials tell CNN they don't expect to know the exact efficacy of the two most advanced vaccine candidates until June. But they say they can't afford to wait any longer to administer the only medicine they have to stem the spread of the virus. We are moving up the mass vaccination by a month, approximately, in certain at-risk populations, he says, fundamentally based on the evidence we have of security and the immune response generated by our vaccine candidates. Cuba has decades of experience in vaccine-making and mobilizing their own population. Cuba had a late start to vaccinations, but officials say they are now making up for that lost time, bringing the full weight of the state's resources to bear here. So the majority of this island, some 70% of all Cubans are vaccinated by September. While Cuban officials say taking the vaccine candidates is voluntary, they send what are known as committees for the defense of the revolution. The revolution's foot soldiers to go door to door to tell people when and where they can get the experimental vaccine. They go apartment to apartment scheduling people's appointments, he says. The process then flows. The people come who are supposed to, and they know the day and the time to be here. Despite the many challenges they still face, human officials say they hope to be the first country to vaccinate their entire population with a homegrown vaccine. As the number of cases and deaths rise higher and higher here, there isn't a moment to waste. Patrick Oppen, CNN Havana. Absolutely shameful. Absolutely shameful people. I mean, they're literally giving people a vaccine that they didn't test on animals. There is no safety data. They didn't perform any type of um, 
toxogenicity tests, pharmacokinetic testing, so many things just skipped because they said we cannot wait any longer. And again, they're going door to door, they're going apartment to apartment. They're signing people up for an experimental injection without informed consent. And they don't have any data or any safety data to back that up. So I'm gonna just do a little bit of research on the Cuban vaccine because they're gonna start using this, this Cuba vaccine um, in Argentina as well. And let's talk about what's in this particular vaccine. What makes this vaccine different? So yeah, it says right here, Soberana Cuba's COVID-19 vaccine candidates, Dagmar Garcia Rivera, PhD. So I believe the title of the vaccine is Soberana 01. So let's do some research on Soberana 01. Let's figure out who owns this. Because we need to be documenting these people that are experimenting on our Cuban brothers and sisters and not doing any safety testing or any type of efficacy data before they roll this vaccine out. So, so Soberana O2, technical lane, Finlane FR2 is a COVID-19 vaccine candidate produced by the Finlay Institute, a Cuban ethnological research institute. It is a conjugate vaccine. Now, what is a conjugate vaccine? Conjugate vaccine is a type of vaccine which combines a weak antigen with a strong antigen as a carrier so that the immune system has a stronger response to the weak antigen. Okay. Professor Ehosavi Castellano Santos said the antigen is safe because it contains parts instead of the whole live virus. Therefore, it does not require extra refrigeration. According to the World Health Organization Candidate Landscape Vaccine Document, this vaccine requires two doses, the second one being administered 28 days after the first shot. The name of the vaccine, Soberana, is a Spanish word, which means sovereign, exactly, because this vaccine is them trying to take sovereignty over your body and over your health, okay? So it consists of the receptor binding domain of the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein conjugated chemically to, to the tetanus bacteria. The spike protein subunit is produced in Chinese hamster ovary cell culture. Wow. So what they're telling you is this. They have combined the pathogenic part of the SARS-CoV-2 Wuhan virus, just the spike protein, and they have added the tetanus shot, the bacteria that causes tetanus, right? Right, the tech, the, the tech, the toxoid vaccine. And the crazy thing is they grew it in a in a Chinese hamster's ovarian cells, literally the, the uterus cells of a Chinese hamster. And that's what they use to grow this. This is absolutely disgusting. And I'm not surprised at all that this is what they're doing because there's no way that they could ever roll out a vaccine without completing any trials. All right. 
So it looks like they're also planning on doing this in Ghana, Iran, and Argentina. Okay. It says here, Vietnam, Iran, Venezuela, Argentina, Pakistan, India, the African Union, Jamaica, and Suriname have expressed interest in purchasing the vaccine, although they are waiting on phase three results. Absolutely disgusting. Just disgusting. Really disgusting. Um, I'm not surprised, though. I'm not surprised. Um, so... What I also want to just research is the, the World Health Organization landscape vaccine document. And then I got one more article, and then I'll try to wrap this up. It shouldn't take me more than an hour to finish this particular podcast. So this is right here on the World Health Organization's website. It's, this is called a draft landscape and tracker of COVID-19 vaccine candidates. And this this website is updated twice a week. All right, twice a week. So let's look at it. I'm about to be all over the World Health Organization's website, for real, for real, all over. So let me stop sharing for a second, and then let me go back here to this. Because it's actually an Excel spreadsheet that they put this in. So I may have to open this in Google. All right, so here we go. So right here is letting you know number of vaccines and clinical development. We have 102. There's 102 vaccines in clinical development. And then there's another 184 in preclinical development. So we have a total of over 286 vaccines that they are planning to roll out very soon for COVID-19. Okay, now we look at the candidates in clinical phase. So protein subunits, we have 32. For viral vector vaccines, we have 16. For DNA vaccines, we have 10. For inactivated virus, we have 16. For RNA vaccines, we have 16. For virus-like particles, we have five. Live attenuated viruses, we have two. And for uh, WNR antigen-presenting cells, we have one. All right, number of doses, all right. You can see that here. So we have literally over 200 vaccines trying to come to market very, very soon. Um, so yeah, this is very disturbing to say the least. Um, very disturbing to say the least, but again, we're not surprised, right? We know 
what they're doing and that this is going to be a never ending story with them. So um, now let's go back to publications. For every week, they provide an update on country level actions and World Health Organization to support countries, all right? Um, what I'm interested in is what they're doing in Africa. That's what I'm interested in. So you can go right here, you can click on Africa and it'll tell you everything going on with Africa and the World Health Organization. And it says right here, Africa urgently needs 20 million second doses of COVID-19 vaccines. Vaccine supply crunch as the risk of COVID-19 resurgence, okay? So yeah, they are, this is the regional director of Africa, Dr. Machiduso Moeti. All right, so yeah, it's really, really crazy um, what they're doing. And uh, the last thing I'm gonna talk about is this article, this is an old article, this came out um, a couple months ago, but it's still relevant. So this article, it says, fired Florida data scientist Rebecca Jones turns herself into jail and tests positive for COVID-19. So is this, I guess this is the video, let's play this, let's see. Wealth is breaking ground on your biggest project yet. Worth is giving the people who build it a solid foundation. Wealth is shutting down the office for Mike's retirement party. Worth is giving the employee who spent half his life with you the part of a lifetime. Wealth is watching your business grow. Worth is watching your employees grow with it. Principle for all it's worth. Breaking news and a rare move. Florida police just releasing body cam video of their raid on the home of a former state coronavirus data scientist. Rebecca Jones says the search warrant at her home is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis trying to silence her. Jones claims she was fired from the Florida Health Department in May for refusing to manipulate coronavirus data. Drew Giffen is out front. He's been covering this story since the beginning, Drew. And um, now this body cam video coming out is just days after Jones released uh, her video of what happened. Um, and, you know, in her video, you see police aiming weapons up the stairs. You hear her young children sort of, you know, crying from the top of the stairs. Um, so now we see their side of it. Um, tell me what we see and, and what they're trying to do here. Well, what they're trying to do is basically tamp down some of this criticism against them that they came barnstorming in and were pointing guns, as you say, at her family and uh, basically making this raid much more uh, physical and threatening than they say it was. In fact, in a statement, the uh, commissioner of the Florida Department of Law Enforcement said uh, just over the recent few days, his agents have been vilified. And that says that this video demonstrates that the FDLE agents exercised extreme patience. 
What it does show is officers standing outside her door for a good 23 minutes trying to get someone inside to actually answer the door. 15 minutes after they actually knock and say they are the police is when she does open the door. They ask her to come out. She has her hands up. Uh, and it uh, does seem rather calm. We only see the video from the outside. We don't see the video that uh, the body cam of the police who actually enter the home. So we don't see that point in her video where the police officers actually point a gun upstairs where she says her children were. Uh, but again, this is an attempt by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to try to calm down and to uh, defend its officers they said ex exercise extreme caution and patience in this raid. And obviously what we saw last night, when, you know, she was on last night on the show, she described police pointing a gun in her face. And then you actually saw one of them, you know, with a gun pointing up the um, up stairwell where she said her kids were at the top of the stairwell. Does this new video shed any light on those moments, which obviously uh, give a very different picture than what you just showed? Yeah, it, because we don't have all the video, uh, you know, nothing's conclusive. We do see at one point an officer pointing a gun in her general direction, but we don't see any officer pointing a gun within six inches of her face, which she also claims. So, I mean, it shows that the officers were outside for several minutes waiting for her to come to the door. That's what it shows. And it shows that they were polite to her when she came out. So that's insane. You know, that's just insane. This woman said she did not want to manipulate data. And she was fired from her job and now police came to her house and so it says here um a warrant was issued for her arrest rebecca jones has been charged with one kind of offenses against users of computers networks and electronic devices jones walked out of jail monday afternoon after posting bail Wearing a mask, she told reporters outside the jail that she had just tested positive for COVID-19. The FDLE has said it is investigating whether Jones accessed a state messaging system without authorization to call for state officials to speak out about COVID-19 deaths. You know this is wrong. You don't have to be a part of this. Be a hero. Speak out before it's too late. On December 7th, Jones' home was raided. Jones has filed a lawsuit alleging FDLA officials violated her First Amendment rights, deprived her of due process, and unlawfully seized her computers, cell phone, and storage media during a search of her home. The suit states that IP addresses are commonly spooked and references news articles that found that the username and password for the system of the message that triggered the investigation were publicly available on the health department's website. All right. Jones states she was fired after, after she refused to falsify state COVID-19 data. All right. So we're going to cover this lawsuit in more time. Um, but for now, we just wanted to cover some of the basic stuff that's going on. Um, that they are definitely not giving people their First Amendment rights, not giving people due process, and doing anything and everything they can to continue to push their agenda and their vaccine. So with that being said, 
with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you learned something from it. I hope you gained something from it. And we're very close to a thousand downloads. So keep downloading, keep sharing, keep supporting, and I will see you guys in the next podcast.